Making sure you and your loved ones can live comfortably in the future starts with choices you make today. At RBC Wealth Management, they can help you make the right choices in using the assets you've built up over a lifetime. Whether it's leaving something for your loved ones, enjoying your own retirement, or giving to a favorite charity, RBC Wealth Management will help you plan for the coming years and the coming generations. Call the Quigley Group at the Eau Claire office of RBC Wealth Management at 715-858-7788 to see how they can help. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Hello, everyone. Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. We're back after our two-week sojourn and back to a regular schedule once again, Tuesdays and Thursdays, really for the next uh, several several weeks and months. We'll be going Tuesdays and Thursdays. Don't uh, foresee too many shows we're going to miss over the next uh, couple of uh, months. And uh, we'll be getting back to the live shows very, very soon, as early maybe as next week, doing the live shows once again. Uh, so remember, when we do the live shows, for those who've been coming in, and there's always new people coming in to the radio party, when we do the live shows, those drop at 3 o'clock on Tuesdays and Thursdays, live, right at echometownradio.com and the Talk of the Town page. You can listen live right then or you can watch live on the facebook feed you can see not only get the audible chocolate but your eyes can be mesmerized by the look of scott montesano and then when the show ends the show then gets distributed out on the podcast platforms that's the one difference and we'll be going back to that as we do typically once we get into September through May, the, the live editions on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 o'clock. And then the podcast drops officially shortly thereafter at around 3.30 or so. And for those of you who enjoy the live show, you're excited. For some of you, it'll be a little bit of a change going back to that. But uh, you'll, you'll, you'll get used to it. Uh, we are probably going to have a few more recorded editions this upcoming podcast season and that's really what it is as september through may is the big podcast season we'll probably have a few more recorded shows than we've had in the past because there has been a, a positive reception to us doing the podcasts a little earlier and recording them earlier and dropping them earlier that and some schedules have changed and all that, but the majority will be live uh, at uh, at three o'clock on Tuesdays and Thursdays because I know that's something too that a lot of people look forward to that that time slot and I really do like that three o'clock time slot. I I I've kicked around in my head: uh, should we do it earlier in the day? Do it live earlier in the day? But I don't think. You really get, yeah. You could do it in the morning, but there's already a lot of local stuff, 
And then once you get past 9, 10 o'clock, a lot of people are very busy with their day. You do it early afternoon, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. People aren't done yet. I like that 3 o'clock time frame. I think that's the perfect time. You've allowed things from the day before to mature, to soak in, to marinate. And you also, when you do it at 3 o'clock, I think people hit that 3 o'clock wall with your schedule. You're looking for something to do at 3 o'clock. And by doing it live at 3, people can tune in then. And you're also going to hit the people at 3.30, 4 o'clock that can get it via the, uh, via the podcast at that point in time. So, uh, so that's some, uh, something to look forward to as we move ahead. Uh, so as early as next week, we'll start doing the live editions of Talk of the Town. Uh, speaking of summer winding down and us getting ready for fall and winter and the overall changing of the schedules that occur, whether you have kids in school or not, everyone's schedule changes with what I believe is truly the new year, and that is September. Uh, you're seeing summer things wind down. Just last night, Monday night, the Eau Claire Express had their season come to an end as they reached the playoffs but were bounced in the first round of the postseason, lost at home to Duluth. Uh, hashtag sports. They went undefeated during the regular season against Duluth. But Duluth <laughs> got the last laugh on the Express twice. Once, back in the uh, earlier on in the season, they won the first half. Duluth did, narrowly edging the Express, even though the Express had owned them in head-to-head meetings. And then you look ahead to the last couple of days, Duluth won at home on Sunday and then eliminated Eau Claire on Monday night. Still, the Express back in the playoffs, a lot of highlights for them. They were 28-8. and in the regular season at Carson Park. The joke is, having worked in sports all these years, if you win all your home games and you lost every road game, the fans in your community would think you were the greatest team ever. And the Express were very, very good at home this year and a number of memorable walk-off wins for the team under the new ownership of Craig Toyson of Toyson Ford. I think there was a, a reinvigoration of enthusiasm out of the front office, just new blood, nothing wrong with the previous ownership group, which I'm very, very close and tight with, but you had new blood in there, kind of enthusiasm. Uh, Craig has said numerous times that this was going to be a season in which he sat back, saw how things played out, and now get ready for perhaps some changes, what those changes will be. We'll have to see. Only he knows because he was going to sit down this year and really see what he would want to change or tweak. Changes don't automatically mean elimination of things. It could just be revisions. We'll have to see. Uh, how'd this season go for the Express off the field? Only they themselves know. I got a lot of mixed news from people. I heard some people that, that would tell me that the crowds were way down and this thing is spiraling, that... It's just not the same, and it's never going to be the same, but that things are really dying off with the Express. And then I've got other people who are telling me that, boy, the crowds were way, way up this season for the Express. Now, the numbers that are reported into the league are similar to back in 2019 
which is, I think, what you got to look back on. You can't compare anything from this year to last year because you had the quote-unquote capacity limits at Carson Park. People were, you know, you had some people eager to get out. You had a lot of people, though, in town that still weren't eager to get out, even though it was an outdoor event. You, you just had te- uh, trepidation to go into something, and people didn't quite frankly know what the rules were going to be with it being a city facility. Hey, do I have to go in and wear a mask? I don't want to wear a mask if I have to, all that sort of thing. So I don't, I don't look back at last year at all. But numbers this year, attendance-wise, look similar to 2019, maybe down a little bit. Uh, I was not at the game on Monday night, but it did look like it was a great crowd. They handed out a bunch of free tickets to the game. And you could question the validity of handing out free tickets and all of that. But, hey, people showed up. It's, it, it, I was watching a good portion of the game on ESPN+. Plus. Good crowd, a lot of enthusiasm at the ballpark, which you like to see. And I'll tell you this, judging by what I was hearing over the last week of the season, as you get into August, crowds were very good in August. The crowds in August were very, very good. June, July, maybe not as good. But in August, they were very good. Uh, and I'll tell you why that's a positive thing here in a moment. Uh, this is the thing, though, with every event. And we've highlighted you know, the various music festivals that have done well and the Wisconsin State Fair did well and all of that. But crowds have been slower to return to some events as patterns changed. And not necessarily that they're not as interested, but priorities may be changed. People found something that they wanted to do during the shutdown of 2020. And now that thing they don't really want to eliminate. Maybe it was a trip to a cabin or something else. They don't want to eliminate that, even as other things have returned. So now you're added to a list of things people want to cross off in the summer. Plus, this year was a big travel year in the summer, as we know nationwide. So you've had crowds slowed return to some events than others. You know, the, the sounds like summer series on Thursdays, I've heard mixed things about as well. And that's free about the crowds returning uh, for those things. But the thing is, when you look at any event and you look at, say, the, uh, the Express's attendance, seeing the numbers go up in August is a very positive sign for them because August is less crowded of a time. One of the reasons I like August is it's less crowded. You don't have as many kids' events going on. You don't have as many festivals and fairs and things of that nature. You have a little bit more openness in August. So, again, a good sign that crowds did pick up again. The key will be for the Express or any other event that in 2022 didn't maybe draw huge numbers is you got to make yourself a priority once again in June and July so that people are choosing you over something else. But again, long story short, you know, good for the Express getting back into the playoffs, and now we'll see what uh, Craig Toyson and his ownership group do uh, during the offseason, what, if any, uh, alterations they make uh, to the team. And uh, where do we stand on any type of updates to Carson Park, which is a facility uh, that is definitely showing its age. The last time there was a major push at Carson Park's baseball stadium was when the Express first arrived in 2005. So you're going on almost 20 years. 
Also on Monday night, uh, the Oakland Area School District landed on its referendum question. And here's the thing. I'm going to jump right to it. I, I, I don't think we're going to be seeing any referendums passing in November. And I'm going to tell you right now, as I've said on this program, I support the need to update things at the various schools. And I still really want to say, yep, vote for it. But boy, that's a hefty price tag that I'm going to talk about here in a moment. Uh, The school board unanimously approved a $98 million referendum. That number doesn't mean anything. Those of you that are going to be ultimately against the referendum will throw out $98 million, but that doesn't mean anything. There's another number in a moment. The referendum will be done to remodel and update both of the high schools. South and North Star Middle School would both be renovated. North Star is the newer one, but it would be uh, renovated. And most of the elementary schools would see work. And we've talked about capacity issues. North and Memorial are horrendously antiquated. Uh, South Middle School is antiquated. North Star, it must be a capacity issue there. Here's the thing that puts us cut right to the brass tacks. A $200,000 home. And for some of you, that's a little bit higher. For others of you, that's a little bit lower. But you'd pay $80 more per year on your taxes. So that's the number to look at. Some of you would pay more. Some would pay a little less. But basically, what the school district is going to be asking you is to spend $80 more a year on your school taxes for all of this. So it isn't cheap. You can play it down. Oh, you know, it's a cup of coffee a day. Oh, come on. $80 a year more for all of these things to take place, which are all very valid. There is nothing that the school district is asking that is not valid. You could easily argue that they should have been doing this work eons ago, and that is true. And perhaps you have to look at trimming some other fat that the school district spends money on. And that is true as well. But there's no way around it. No matter how much fat you may trim, no matter how much you may cut expenses, us in the community, if we are going to have a school district that is now that right now has the facilities to match what I think is the talent of the teachers and the quality of the education, we're going to have to spend some money. But you add in this $80 a month, $80 a year, $80 a year that they're asking. And you add that to the city's referendum. Let's not forget the city of Eau Claire sneaking a referendum in, you know, kind of, you know, sprinting through a referendum themselves and getting that on the November ballot. That's, if I recall, 44 or so bucks a month. Now you're talking about these two entities are asking for you and I in the city of Eau Claire to spend more than $120 a year. So 80 for the school district's referendum, 44 for the city's referendum, and you're asking for more than $120 from us. And it has nothing to do, I'm going to tell you right now, it's, it's a tough pill for me to swallow. It has nothing to do with the validity. I don't think these are pointless referendums. And there's sometimes where you look at a referendum and you go, 
yeah, there's no reason we have to do this. There's other ways we can fund this. In both these cases, they're very valid referendums. But I don't see it happening. And even the word that Baker Tilly gave to the Oak Cliff School District is, yeah, it's highly unlikely you're going to have both pass. And you're probably not going to have one pass and one not pass. People are going to go into the ballot box, and they're either going to say yep to both referendums, or they're going to say no to both referendums. You're not going to have a lot of people that are going to go yay to one, nay to the other. You're just not. Both are very important. Both are necessary. But either both pass or both fail. And I can't see people with the uncertainty of the economy agreeing to pay $120 in one chunk. You know, there's this thing that we, we're not talking It came out a couple weeks ago. The fact the town of Washington is, you know, now pounding their ta- pounding the table and suing the city of Eau Claire for annexing that land and whining and going rabble, rabble, rabble and upset about it. You know, we hear when we have some of these other podcasts like Banker with a Beer and we talk to these various leaders of the area and they talk about everybody working together and communicating. I don't think these people talk to each other at all. I don't think they do. Clearly they don't. Because you look at this referendum issue in the city of Eau Claire, they've cannibalized each other. And I argued about this a month ago. The city of Eau Claire knew the Eau Claire School District was planning a referendum. And they kind of, I don't want to say sprinted through this, but they knew the city of Oak, they knew the school district was going to be asking for a referendum. So do you, did you have to put yours on right now? And to the school district's fault, they slow rolled the whole gosh darn thing. The city of Eau Claire, the, the city council can sit back and go, hey, you know what? We waited and they weren't doing anything and we need what we're asking for too which is, you know, some more police and what have you. EMTs, firefighters, I think, are part of that. It's all about perspective. If these two referendums were separated by a year or so, then you can soak in the expense of one, have it become part of your budget, and then you accept and move on to the next one. That comes. We do it all the time with expenses in our life. With any type of expense we add. They talk a lot about streaming services. People add a streaming service and it's a big get. Or you, you, you download an app that's going to cost you $15 a month or something. And then it's an expense early on that eventually it just becomes part of your monthly living. And that's the same thing with any other expense. But yeah, yeah. Let's just cut right to it. This isn't happening. And we're going to hear for the next two months about the validity and why we need this. And I do not argue the need for either one of these referendums, especially the school districts. It is needed. It is necessary. It is beyond high time that we get better buildings. The city of Eau Claire's referendum, I'm not as hot on, but I, I do believe we need more staffing. Roads have got to get taken care of, all of that. But you're just going to be beating your head against the wall if all you're talking about 
I mean, I, I don't think either one of these referendums, quite frankly, don't, don't be spending much money to advertise them. Get out to a couple podcasts that we do and talk about them. But don't waste your time. There's no way they're passing. I do not see it right now. You're going to have to figure out a way. $120 more a year for people. Some of you are saying, that's not a lot of money. I, I get it. But it is. I mean, you're talking a little more than $10 more a month. A little bit more than $10 a month. And for a lot of people to exp- to this, this you're, you're, you're getting over $10 a month. For a lot of people, that's a matter of them having to go, okay, what do I not want to spend money on this month? Am I going to drop a streaming service? Am I going to drop that coffee club membership I've got that is $10 a month and I get unlimited coffee? And I don't think people will. I don't think people will. And even though I'm sitting here going, I'll probably vote, especially for the school districts, referendum it's not inexpensive it's not something that we can just go yep yep with with that's that's pretty darn expensive over $120 a month for most people in the $120 a year I keep wanting to say a month no 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 $120 a year about $10 more a month if both of these pass it's just not going to happen it's, it's, it's just not going to happen. Somebody's going to have to change my mind in the next couple of months. It's just not going to happen. I wish it would, just not. Uh, and then uh, we wind down today's program with this. Uh, saw, saw a couple of stories in the Leader Telegram uh, about uh, high-speed chases in Eau Claire and Altoona. Seems like we're getting a lot of those. Uh, we thankfully have not had a major incident with high-speed chases in this community. Uh, but you wonder when that's going to happen uh, with that. And there's no perfect way around it. You've got some people uh, in other markets that talk about don't, you know, don't chase after the bad, the bad guy or bad gal. It's usually a guy. Don't chase after him. Let him get away. Catch him another time. you got others that talk about you got to try to neutralize the threat. All that, but and in both cases, it usually involves somebody that is already guilty over something. The the one story was a seventeen year old kid who had tinted windows, and I'll tell you right now, usually the 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 quiet life insurance salesman does not have tinted windows. You're calling attention to yourself. Had tinted windows. Turned out he was seventeen. Didn't have did not have a driver's license. Only a learner's permit. And when they finally caught him, he had marijuana and scales and bags in his car and all that sort of thing. And this one person told me once when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, some various, uh, sometimes things are on the nose. All right. You know, some people argue, oh, he was only being pulled over because he had tinted windows and they just assumed, well, he turned out he had a bunch of things in there. So, uh, and I've also seen this story about this young boy who's, uh, over in Menominee, he's going for that mullet championship. Uh, it, it's, it's a cool little summer story. Uh, eight-year-old Emmett Bailey. Name, with, name like Emmett, you need to have a mullet. Uh, but he's from Menominee. He's one of the top 25 finalists for the Kids Mullet Championship. 
Voting began for the best mullet uh, online a few days ago. Winner receives $2,500. Emmett wants to win the money so he can go buy a go-kart to race. And uh, you can go search for the USA Kids Mullet Championship and vote for vote for yeah one of those cool things there uh i mean i i mean i don't have a mullet have no interest in a mullet i think it's a mullet is a lot like a boat you don't want to be the person with it but you don't mind having a friend who's got one (laughs) i i like that mullet's like a boat uh that's a good way to end the program right there. Uh, another edition coming up on Thursday of Talk of the Town. We will, again, have uh, an all-likelihood a recorded version again on Thursday. And then we'll start getting back into the live editions as early as next week. Think about it, folks. We're only uh, This is a good time of the year where things slow down a bit. Enjoy what's going on. And then uh, you get to September. And it's kind of weird. And we'll talk about it more maybe next week or the week after that. Yeah. Obviously, for kids, and when you're growing up, you really don't look forward to September. It's school and all that. But as you get older, if you're somebody like me, I like the seasons. I find something to like about every month. There's something to look forward to. And the thing to look forward to in September is much more so than January, which might be my least favorite of all the months. September feels like much more of a new year. Your your schedule resets. To what you do a lot, you know, it's busier, uh, which isn't necessarily a great thing, but it's busier, and your football starts up, baseball is winding down with the pennant races, so from a, from a sports perspective, it's great. You start getting those smells in the air, but you still have summer weather, too, all that, so... We have that to look forward to. Uh, That'll wrap it up for us here today. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.